Hi everyone, welcome to the It's Growing Season podcast. I'm your host Maggie and this series will be about all things related to real growth, true health and wellness, and learning to love and care for yourself. Thank you so much for being here with me today. I hope this podcast inspires you to invest in yourself more and to never stop growing into the best version of you. So without further ado, let's jump right into the show. Hi everyone, welcome back to the It's Growing Season podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today for episode 54, where I have a conversation with Christy H. Sullivan, who is a human design and self-care expert, author, and speaker. She's the lead author of a new best-selling Amazon book called Stop Overworking and Start Overflowing, 25 Ways to Transform Your Life Using Human Design, which was launched in October of this year with 25 other human design practitioners. In our conversation, Christy guides us through the basics of human design, understanding the system that explains how we were built and how to best respond to the world. We also talk about how understanding our human design can allow us to implement better self-care practices and make more informed decisions for ourselves moving forward. I am very excited to share this conversation with you all. If you enjoy this episode, I would love if you could leave me a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. That would help me out a ton. And as usual, you can find all of Christy's links in the show notes below. So yeah, without further ado, I hope you enjoy this episode and let's dive right into the show. Hi, Christy. Thank you so much for joining me today. Hi there. How are you? Thank you for having me, Maggie. Yeah, I'm doing well. First of all, I just want to congratulate you on the launch of your new book. Um, I'm very excited to be talking to you about that and human design today. Yes, I'm um, thrilled about this book. Thank you for the congratulations and I'm happy to be here and to talk about human design with you. Yeah. So before we dive into the conversation today, I would love if you could just introduce yourself a little bit so the listeners can get to know you first. Sure. I'm Christy H. Sullivan, and I put the H in because of uh, my website and such, but I am a human design expert, author, and speaker, and um, I live in New England, and I have been um, enjoying speaking about this unique tool that we're going to be talking about called human design. I've had a chance to write and, and co-author a book with 25 other human design practitioners recently. And um, in the past, I was a marketing person who just a year ago uh, left, retired from that industry and stepped more fully into this personal development realm that I'm in now. Mm. So I'm curious what your spiritual journey looked like and how that eventually brought you to into the world of human design. That's a great question. Um, I've I have had a chance to kind of look back on that, and I know that when the year that I got married, uh, which was 2000, I changed my last name. I also got a new job, and I started taking yoga. And I just loved um, what yoga taught and the philosophy and what it did for the mind, body, and spirit. And I think that was really a turning point in my 
life journey um, because it started to open me up to um, the spiritual side of um, of my journey and of um, just exploring the mind-body connection in a whole other way. So that was now about 20 years ago. And about seven um, years ago, I had a friend and mentor who had um, introduced me to the concept of human design in a coaching program that she was running that I was part of. And it was, again, another like aha, like yoga, where I just was so... um, interested and passionate about human design and the information. I was like a sponge with all the information, just taking it all in, trying to understand my human design. And I started giving readings to like friends and family. And, um, and again, it was just another part of my spiritual journey where I really wanted to understand myself on a deeper level. And uh, I'm always open to exploring different modalities. I've done things like besides yoga, Reiki and essential oils and other healing, um, healing, uh, concepts. And this human design tool was really fascinating for me as part of that journey. So that's how I came to understand it was from a friend and, um, it was at the right time, I think too. Mm. So for people who are not familiar with human design, could you just like but if we talk about what it is and kind of what the different types are. Sure. So I start by saying that human design is like astrology on steroids because a lot of people understand astrology and know their um, sign. Um, and I consider that sign to be sort of the car model that you're driving, but you realize you are very different than other people in that same category. When you look under the hood of your car, you can see that you may have a different type of engine, different circuitry. When you look inside the car, different um, interior. And so human design is much deeper than just an astrology sign. And I will explain some history that in the 80s, this was downloaded and it was a system that brought together um, other ancient tools like astrology, also chakras, um, Kabbalah, I Ching. So it wasn't something that was just made up. It was already based on some other tools that existed. And when you run your chart based on your birth date, which you can easily do on the internet, it will start off by categorizing you again into one of those car models. It's called the type. And we can talk about those five types, but that certainly is a great starting point, but not the only um, place. When you study your human design, you would want to really take a look at all of the information that it gives because it really gives you um, the, uh, the map of your uniqueness, your unique energetic blueprint. And it is based on um, sort of the energy that's flowing through you and, and the life purpose that you have here. Mm. So how does human design help us better understand ourselves and kind of how we interact with our environment? Um, from what I understand and also from what you just said, it's kind of like our blueprint, right? What we were, um, kind of how we were built and how we best respond to the world. Definitely. 
So it is based again on your birth date. So it shows how you were brought into this world, your design based on your um, birth date and also three months prior and the alignment of the planet on those dates is how your design is represented. So when you um, start to look at these different aspects, it's kind of like a personality assessment. And we've heard of Myers-Briggs and maybe the DISC or the Enneagram. And those are great. Those can really help you to understand your style, your personality. And I will say those also are based not just on how you came into this world, but a lot on your upbringing, your environment, things that you've experienced in life and sort of the way that you were built as you grew up. Human design is takes away those layers of what kind of life did you go through and helps you understand really your authentic self, your original sort of operating system. So it's important because um, most people, when I give a reading and I talk to them about their design, they have this like light bulb moment of, oh my goodness, that's me. Yes, that definitely, I can confirm that's who I am. And it's almost like it's recalling of who you are without, without the conditioning and programming that we're brought up with um, or the, the traumas and the wounds that we, we will experience through life. It goes back to our natural programming. And it's like saying, if you're a square peg trying to fit into a round hole, you start to understand, oh, I'm a square peg. Let me start to fit myself into the square hole. So it gives you some ways to make better choices and to operate in a way that's more natural for you. Mm. So what are some examples? Like if someone were to take this, take the test and find out their human design, how do they begin to interpret it and apply it into the world? Let me start with, again, the types, like I said, the five categories, and I'll give a brief overview of each so that it can be helpful to give those examples. Um, The majority of people are in a category called generators or manifesting generators, subset. And then the next uh, grouping, the first is about uh, 70% in combination. The second is 20%, and that category is called projectors. The next is a category called manifestors, which are only 9%. And then we have um, the last category, which is really rare. It's 1% of the population are called reflectors. And really what determines which type you are um, is uh, two main areas, I would say. One is something called your sacral energy. I consider this the car battery. And um, some of us are born with large car batteries where we're here to do work and we can produce and be busy if we're rested and feeling healthy all day. We can feel like we just want to do one thing and then we move on to the next thing. And we're just very good at the uh, managing tasks and following through. The way, though, that we're all programmed and conditioned in life is to initiate, make things happen, just go out and do it. And that's actually more for those who are in a, in a sense, a smaller battery. They don't have sustainable energy to carry them through the day necessarily without downtime and without some time to restore. 
So those types are called the manifestors. They're only 9% of the population. They can initiate, they can have this creative idea and then decide that's what they want to do and go forward and things will line up for them pretty easily. The generator is the 70% with that large car battery. We're here to respond to opportunities, not necessarily initiate. And there is a difference. What happens is we may have an intention for something and it's not until the opportunity shows up that we know, A, that's the right um, thing to follow through on. And we decide if, that, if that, that is, then we follow through with the right sort of energy. And so that major difference between those two types is very um, important in human design. That's usually where I start, is to help you understand if you're a generator, that responding to opportunities versus initiating is um, what you're meant to do versus the manifester who's um, initiating. The other category I want to mention is that projector of 20%. Projectors are here to be recognized and invited. So if we look at the kind of ecosystem of this, you have manifestors who initiate, generators who respond and follow through, and then you have the projectors who have like this um, larger picture of things. They offer a lot of wisdom and insight, but they need to be invited to share that so that they can be recognized for that wisdom. So when I talk to different, and it's, when, I, when I explain all these types, there's a lot of information, but when we start with your energetic blueprint and who you are, it can make a lot of sense to people. Mm, yeah. I understand that you wanted to do a little reading for me. I feel like this would be the perfect opportunity to like kind of dive into an example of if someone yeah. were to look into their own graph kind of how to navigate all the different because I understand that there are a lot of different um, parts to the chart right there are and uh, yeah I thought it would be fun to do a little mini reading with you um, partly because when I explain the types or if you go online and look at them if you try to guess who you are, it may not always be correct because again, we have programming and conditioning that happens in life. And what that means, like for me, I was born in an Eastern European family where we were taught to work hard and to go out, make things happen. But I'm a generator and generators, um, they can be successful and they can certainly initiate and try to make things happen. But for me, I was noticing I would feel overwhelmed. I wouldn't always get to the success that I wanted. It seemed to be hard and I seemed to be overworking. So when I recognized and found out about human design and recognized that I was a generator, I started to respond and it was a whole other way of, for me to do business and, and um, to have outcomes in life. So for you you're actually a manifester. And that's that 9% who can go out and just initiate. And that's beautiful because we need manifestors in, um, in our life. We need manifestors to help say, um, let's create this. Let's bring this innovation to light. And when you partner with someone like a generator, it can make a beautiful like, business um, and collaboration in life. So you are a manifester. Does that, does that resonate for you, Maggie? Yeah, 100%. And um, when 
you also look at the manifestor type. Um, I mentioned for generators, the sacral energy center, this area like in the chakras, um, that is your large car battery is, is, is defined. It is, um, creating this life force and workforce very consistently. Manifestors don't have that, but what you do have and share with other manifestors is a defined throat. So communication is really key. Um, you have this energy through the throat, uh, be able to speak very directly, to manifest into action things. And it's really important as a manifester that as you initiate, you inform those around you with what you're doing. Because oftentimes a manifester will just initiate and move forward. And others around, especially the generator types, will be like, Where, what's happening? What are they doing? And resistance can come up if the others around you are not able to support you in the way that you really need them to. So does that resonate for you, this, this important informing that a manifester has to do? Yeah, because sometimes when I take action without telling people around me, there can be some sort of confusion or misunderstanding. Um, and also, I feel like me informing other people allows them to support me as well, rather than like trying to do things on my own. Um, and I love how you mentioned the throat. That is so interesting because especially recently, I've been focusing a lot on like my throat region, especially in yoga with like, um, you know, like camel pose. When you, when you lean your head back, I feel like my throat chakra is like opening up. I feel like when I, especially when I focus on that region, I feel like I'm opening up and allowing myself to speak up more. Um, so it's so interesting how you mentioned like the throat region, especially. Yeah. And what I usually tell manifestors or those, um, with the defined throat that, the throat's also related to the thyroid. So speaking and standing in that power and doing it in the right way and doing things like, I love that, the yoga poses to open that throat chakra is really important for your health, um, for that health of the thyroid. And part of the reason is that manifestors can be moving very quickly when they do have that energy to initiate which comes in spurts. It's, it's not consistent because as I said, you need your downtime. You need to be able to rest in between these um, spurts of energy um, with your smaller car battery. But when you do have that downtime, um, that's helpful to, for self-care and to rest. Otherwise, when you're moving fast and you don't have a place for that energy to be directed, it could get lodged, so to speak, in the throat and thyroid. Um, but self-care is really important for all the types. And that's something that I talk about in my book and when I um, do readings for folks. Mm, yeah, I definitely have a small car battery. <laughs> um, I feel like I work in periods of like intense energy and I really need a rest. Um, I'm, it's not as consistent, but I take advantage of the times when I do, like when that energy does come up and that's when I work best. Um, and I'd also love to just learn kind of how self-care can, like how each type can, you know, make the most of self-care. Like, does it look different for every, every type? 
I think self-care in general looks different for everybody for sure. Um, and it may not just be based on type because again, the type is just the first layer and the first category of understanding your design, but then there's other things that, um, may be unique to you. So for example, when you talked about how you work in spurts, I would guess that's very powerfully because you have two other energy centers that are defined. One is the root center and one is the willpower center. And both of those, the root being um, responsible for adrenaline and the will uh, center for willpower, those are two really um, strong, uh, strong energies for taking initiative, for um, moving forward, for um, doing work and doing tasks. And here's the thing. They also, those centers, um, just like the, generally, like I was saying about a manifestor, those centers also can deplete their energy. It's like, again, using the analogy of a battery. You um, you will deplete that battery and then you need to recharge those centers. You need to recharge yourself. So downtime is important. Sleep for all types. I will say sleep as self-care for all types is critical. That is the time when our energy as a whole resets. But for someone like a manifester, getting back to your design, it's really important when you, when you don't feel like you have that adrenaline energy to do work or the will uh, power is sort of uh, low uh, and needs to be recharged, it's really good to take breaks. And for you, what does that break look like? Maybe it's taking a walk, maybe it's laying down, maybe it's doing some meditation. Um, it could even be going for a run if that makes you feel good. And so it goes back to not just your design, but what actually nourishes you, what nur um, nurtures your, um, your whole being and what does that self-care look like? So usually it's very unique for individuals, I would say. Mm, okay. Yeah, and it just like comes down to you figuring out what works best for you and it can look different for everyone. Yeah, and an exercise that, I, that I've done with folks is to get into a quiet space and some med meditation, maybe with some music or taking a few breaths and ask your inner self, uh, what intention do you have right now? Is it for life to slow down? Is it for you to connect more with others? And based on that intention, then start to lay out what kind of self-care can you do to support that? So for example, it might be that you need to slow down. So you take some breaks during the day um, and build that into your schedule if you can. And this is really important to do consistently every day in some way. And then maybe connecting to others means that you're setting up a coffee date with somebody or just calling someone to say hi. So that could be self-care too. And then the other important self-care is really working on ourselves. So like doing the journaling or the healing with a practitioner to really clear energy and, and clear our blocks and remove the programming that's not serving us. So that's a whole other level of self-care that you need to determine again, what, what is the best thing for you. Mm, because like you said earlier, there's a lot of programming that tells us what to do and how to act, but that takes you away from who you really are and you kind of forget, or maybe you don't even really know like who you are in the core because 
you've been so influenced by what other people say you should do or what society tells you should do. And so it just comes down to like, are you able to take the time to ground yourself and, and kind of get back to who you really are and kind of like get to know a new part of yourself? Yeah, it's discovering more of yourself, uh, new things about yourself. And like you said, um, programming is important to recognize. I also want to point out a couple of things in human design that's really important. One is that we often can pick up other people's energies in what we call open centers. So um, depending on your design, if you're picking up other people's emotions or their thoughts, or perhaps their sacral energy of work, 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 um, and it's not uh, really who you are, you need downtime and really to rest, to clear uh, what you've picked up. The other key is that um, the head is really not meant for making decisions. So when you get to know yourself and your deep wisdom and where in the body, and this is part of your design, where in your body do you make decisions? What's best for helping like that GPS in the car for deciding the direction you choose to go in? Um, That is different, again, based on your design. Um, For you, example, it's the emotions. It's riding um, the wave of emotions that you have and sleeping sleeping on something before you make a decision is really key. Um, Otherwise you might make a decision you regret. So for like an emotional decision maker like you, um, not using the head again is important and really tuning into your feelings within about 24 hour period. Does that make sense? Yeah, this is too real. (laughs) Sometimes I make decisions uh, just like without thinking and I regret it instantly, Um, you know, I, this is a part of me that I did know about when I first read up on my human design. And I've actually been trying to implement that because I understand that a lot of the decisions I make are based off my, my emotions. Um, I kind of let my, my feelings and my emotions guide me, but sometimes when I let one particular emotion overwhelm me and make a decision based off of that, it can actually, you know, not be the best decision for me. So I'll take a little break. I'll put my phone away. I'll just sit for like five, 10 minutes, figure out if this is really is a de- the decision that I want to make and then proceed. But don't make that decision right away, right when that emotion arises. Yes. And what's part of the programming I think we all have is, um, you know, make the decision right away. Like, what does your gut tell you? But not everybody has that as the strongest way for making decisions. So for example, Um, again, if we're programmed, like we need to be spontaneous, we got to decide things quickly. Maybe we just need to slow down. And someone like you with this emotional decision-making just needs to tell somebody, Hey, can I get back to you? Can I let you know tomorrow? Can I check my calendar? And I think yes, but let me confirm with you just a way to kind of give ourselves. And, and I think if we all knew about our human designs, we'd give ourselves, give each other that space to be who we are and to decide how it's really best for us. Yeah. I love the way you phrase that. Like we all need to um, like, or if we all knew each other's human design, we would give each other a little bit more grace because we all, you know, we all enter the world differently and the way we respond to the world. So 
you know, if someone can make a decision very quickly, it doesn't mean that the person who takes a longer time is doing it wrong. They're just using their own, um, their own, uh, the, the strategy that works best for them. Um, so everyone responds to the world in a different way. And actually, I think that, you know, if we were to learn more about ourselves through, through, through human design would be more gentle with ourselves too, and not be so upset if, if you don't respond to something the way that you wish you did. But when you do respond in a way that you actually are, you know, you know, based on off of your human design, the way that you're supposed to, you may feel a little bit better um, with the decisions that you make every day. Yeah, that is a big piece that I see through um, human design readings are people, again, just validating who they are, accepting themselves more, being more gentle, like you said, not just with themselves, but they also start to be that way with others. They start to um, get an interest and look at their family's human design or their friends. And when they recognize the difference and um, that maybe your partner is not really built like you are, it just adds to that idea of honoring each other for who we are and accepting each other. It's a big, I think, piece of the, the benefit of knowing your human design and, and uh, using and discovering the system. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I understand that there are also profiles. Could you talk a little bit about that and what the numbers mean? Yeah. So generally, um, when we do a reading, I start with the type. I talk a little bit about that decision-making and your strategy for how to operate. We already covered that um, in our conversation. We talked a little bit about energy centers, which is another um, aspect because um, energy, you know, how we, how that flavors our, our design And then there's um, something called the profile and incarnation crosses. And that's also unique. This again, um, is not true for like, if you're a manifester, you're not the same profile. So there's many different combinations. And the way I describe the incarnation cross and profiles are sort of the way that you were encoded in life to live out a certain theme and how it shows up. What um, the great, this great analogy that I learned in a book by Karen Curry Parker, who's one of my human design mentors, she explains it that um, it's like watching a movie play out and seeing the characters in that movie. So your profile are how you play that role, for example, or how, again, your life theme or lessons show up. So I want to point out that you and I share the number four, which is called the opportunist. I call it the connector. Um, We um, have um, a strong maybe network of people or resources that we've built or are building. And that's really a foundation for us in, in our lives. Like that's something we can naturally do. And I would say you probably do because you have this podcast. So you're connecting to different guests and you have the audience and you're building this community. That's a real, that's a real important thing for an opportunist. Um, you also have the profile called the hermit. And there's 
there's six profiles altogether. And I'm not going to go through each of them, but for you, the hermit is another profile where you really need some time to kind of take on your own. Yeah. It almost feels like you need to be introverted, but the hermit is just, you know, you go into yourself, into your own space, away from others, because you just need that time alone. And what's ironic is then that's when people are going to seek you out. So you're going to have sort of this duality happening. And in human design, it's not that there's right or wrong or things you need to fix about yourself. It's just this awareness of like, okay, when I take my time, someone might come looking for me, but I can tell them, no, not right now, or let me get back to you. Like that's the example of then different choices that you can make because you understand who you are. Does that make sense? Yeah, I've just been smiling this whole time because I think I am the embodiment of what you just said. <laughs> it's amazing when you, when uh, when we talk about human design. That's why I love doing these little mini readings because you as uh, the host can really say, wow, that is me. And then the listeners can understand that it's just an awesome uh, experience to be doing uh, doing this. Yeah, and it's it's so much more than just like knowing what, you know, what you are, right? And, but you can also take action knowing, you know, what serves you best. So when I want my isolation period, which is very often, <laughs> I know when to set boundaries and when to take time for myself, because that to me is an act of self-care. Like I've become, especially over, over the pandemic, I've become so much more introverted and appreciating my alone time. And it's, that is when I feel, um, best you know it most energizes me but it's kind of funny how it was like the hermit and the opportunist right because the opportunist is more of like the networking so I feel like that that is the balance that is really who I am I have two like these two sides to my personality but I'm you know slowly working on balancing both but I understand that these are two parts of me that you know I can't deny like I need my alone time but when I want to interact with people I can make the most of you know the, those um waves of energy that do come in as relating to like my 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 type the manifestor type yeah and the reasons I mentioned that were two profiles is um I just want to explain a little bit that again, there's two dates that are important for human design. One is your birth date and one is three months prior. It's called your design date, but I understand it to be when your soul was encoded, when like you had sort of the marching orders for your life from an unconscious perspective, like your soul is something you discover. I mean, honestly, we, we probably come into this world knowing our true like soul purpose and but then we get clouded because that's what the school of life is for. We, we go through life and kind of have to rediscover that soul. And then the birth date is our what we call conscious um, design. It's who we show up as in the human form. So it's kind of neat to see that we have, again, human design can be so complex, um, but interesting where it it shows many different layers and facets. It's not just like, um, again, here's your car model, here's your type, and that's all you need to know. There's a lot, a lot to human design. So um, it's a rabbit hole when you're ready to go down it. <laughs> <laughs> and so would you say that, you know, these types of, all these things, they don't change, like they were, they're just set in stone. Um, 
and that these core parts of ourselves don't really change throughout our lives? The design doesn't change, correct. So it's literally who you are um, at an energetic um, level. Um, But again, we all go through different situations in life, different journeys. Even, um, again, I'll mention our ancestral lineage, lineage can have an impact on how we show up. It's programming, it's DNA that's even been passed down um, through the family line. And then there's um, traumas, big traumas or small traumas that you faced in life. Um, Different things that um, have happened to you in life, uh, what people said to you and those self-limiting beliefs that you might have adopted. Those are all layers on top of your design. So it seems complex, but I think as you go on your personal development journey, you start to really understand all those different layers. You start to uncover programming and conditioning. And then this, um, again, idea of your design at the core can help, somebody said recently, put together the puzzle pieces of who you are. Mm, Wow. Thank you so much for sharing. That was so informative. And I feel like even though I've heard of briefly about kind of what my type is, I think learning this and even, even today, um, how I'm going to apply this to the rest of my day, because I know I am seeing friends later, but how can I balance my need to take time for myself, but also balance like the social interactions that I have, like this can be applied to every small thing in my life. Yeah, it's amazing. That's great. Yeah. And I'd love to hear a little bit about your book, if you don't mind sharing, um, you know, how this book came about, like the people that you worked with, kind of the process. Yeah, I'll tell the story of um, uh, that I wasn't uh, an aspiring author or writer. It's, I don't, I don't even blog. It just wasn't something that I was really interested in. But about a year ago, I had an opportunity to retire from this marketing career that I had for a long time and really step more fully into doing my own business, which I was really called, I felt um, energetically called to do. And when I, when I knew there was going to be a shift, I said, okay, I'm a generator. Generators are best to respond to opportunities. And I was having lunch with a friend and she said, I'm going to be doing this writing workshop, six weeks, six week workshop. And my guides are telling me I should offer you a, um, a spot. And so I said, you know, okay, I'm going to, I, I wanted to support her. I also said, you know, let's see what this, what happens with this. And soon after I said, yes, a few months later, a friend of mine was in, um, a book that came out. It was a collaborative book. She was one of 20 authors. And I thought, oh my gosh, that's a that sounds like it's so fun. It sounds like, you know, just a great way to share a story. Um, it's like a chicken soup for the soul type of book. And um, she was in volume one of this book called The Ultimate Guide to Self-Healing. And the publisher was looking for authors for volume two. And when I heard the opportunity, I something inside me, inside me said, yes, I want to do that. I can write one chapter. I'm ready to do that. So um, a year later, I worked with that publisher to develop a collaborative book um, of my own. 
Um, as I was developing my business in human design, I know a lot of people didn't know about human design and there's technical books out there, like I said, and um, things on the internet. So you can look up your design and find out what it means. But I wanted to bring together a, um, 25 authors to talk about their experience with human design, how they found it and the ahas and how it shifted things in their life. So it's a, um, it's a, it's a book of stories, of personal stories, as well as tips and tools for, from each of those authors who practice human design to share with the reader ways that they can shift their energy, even if they don't know their full design. So it's really meant for beginners or people who are new uh, to human design. And again, it's like more of a storytelling form. And for me, as the opportunist like you, it was a great way to bring together a community and, and share um, our passion of human design. That is so exciting. So is it just like 25 different stories from each author? Yes. Um, the book is called Stop Overworking and Start Overflowing, 25 Ways to Transform Your Life Using Human Design. And it's, like I said, like a chicken soup for the soul book. You can open any chapter, just read that chapter. Um, you will also get what I love, um, different styles of human design. Like one of the authors uses it for parenting, coaching with parents. Another uses it for marketing, another for human relations and um, uh, HR and uh, corporate, um, corporate training. So these authors all have sort of, it's like, it's like different styles of yoga. They have just different ways of using human design in their business and talking about it. So it, you'll find um, hopefully some of the authors who resonate for you and then ways to reach out to them and to follow up to um, connect with them as well. That's beautiful. Where can listeners find the book? So the book is on Amazon and I'm also um, offering signed copies if people contact me um, through my website or I'm on Facebook and Instagram. Um, and you can get it on Amazon. It's also available in an ebook as well as paperback. Amazing. Chrissy, thank you so much for joining me today. I have one last question to end the podcast. Um, but before that, if listeners can take away one lesson from our conversation today, what would you say that would be? Just understand uh, it is a journey of finding uh, out who you are and all that you're capable of and practice self-care in some way every day. That is my advice truly, because that shifts your energy when you can carve out, even if it's just a few minutes for taking a few breaths, every day um, track that you're doing something every day for yourself in a nurturing way. And that really can, again, help create that alignment energetically for you. I love that. And for my last question of the podcast, this is something that I ask every guest that comes on to my show. Since my podcast is called It's Growing Season, I believe that just like crops, humans go through different seasons in their life. So I wanted to ask you, how would you define this specific season in your life? Oh, I love this. <laughs> I'm going to answer, I think, from my human design perspective. I have a profile. I'm a profile called the role model, and mm. it's divided into three phases of life. The season I'm in now, I guess you could equate it to kind of like winter because I am in this period of time of 
uh, being what's called on the roof, observing things kind of in, not, not in a hibernation way, but more of like stepping back. And then um, in the third phase of life, you really just are present. It's kind of like spring. So I think I'm moving from like winter to spring in my journey. Mm, that is so exciting. Christy, thank you so much for joining me today. It was such a lovely time just speaking with you and learning more about human design and kind of your experiences and insight. Thank you. Same here, Maggie. Thanks for having this community. And I so appreciate this opportunity. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you enjoyed it, please don't forget to leave me a review and give me a follow. And you can also find me on my Instagram at mags.lee and at its growing season, as well as my website, which is growwithmaggie.com. And you'll be able to find all of this in the show notes below. Thank you so much again for taking the time to listen, and I hope to see you in a future episode. Bye, everybody.